Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. Together, our declaration prayer. Lift up your Bible. If you have your paper Bible, continue to have your paper Bible. Bring it with you. But if you don't have it, you have an electronic one. Amen. Stop killing trees. Amen. <laughs> All right. Declaration prayer. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It never changes. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I boldly declare. I will live how it says I should live. I will be what it says I should be. I will do what it says I should do. I will have what it says I should have. I will say what it says I should say. This is the day that the Lord has made. Today I receive the miracle power of God. Through healing, finances, deliverance, family, forgiveness. I will stand strong for a biblical nation. I will stand and pray for every nation. I will stand and pray for the nation of Israel. For I declare that we are one nation under God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Come on, let's praise Jesus in this house. Woohoo! Man, it's so good to be back here on stage preaching. I'm excited. I believe I have a word from God. For you today, I want to say once again, Pastor Larry, thank you for trusting us. Listen, today, God will speak to you. Amen? Amen. I was talking to my wife this other day. I was just, you know, just complex with everything that's happening around the world right now. When did we ever thought that 2020 we would be shutting down everything? A pandemic. I remember, I think, believe it was March when President Trump came on TV and, and announced, hey, we're shutting down everything. Suddenly, we see church closing their doors. We're locked in for three months inside our house. I'll tell you, it was hard for me. With three kids, a small house, they're yelling at each other, fighting against each other. And I, I'm like, what do I do? I can't drive out. Let me just walk around the block. <laughs> it was tough. I don't know about you. In my mind, I was thinking, man, when this is over, I can't wait to get back to church. When this is over, I can't wait to be out there and, and fellowshipping with others. But suddenly, it's over. And then what we see, people stay in their house watching from their TV. That's not good. That's not good. Lawlessness, lawlessness has become the new thing. It's crazy. They're trying to erase, they're trying to delete history. They're telling our kids history is not important. They're shutting down things that are very important for us to know for this new generation. We're living in a generation right now that they have no respect for others. This thing about honoring others, I've learned one thing. Guys, my, my parents taught me well. Listen, honor those that came before you. I see Pastor Larry. I grab his suitcase and I say, I'll care for you, Pastor Larry. Because he's the authority over me. But what's happening nowadays is they're trying to stop all this. You know, I see the Bible's becoming a reality right in front of my eyes. 
But I believe at the same time that everything that's happening right now, God is raising a church right now that will be full of power to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, to get out of the four walls and share that we have a king that is above all things. I believe that God is raising people right here in the city of Dallas. I keep thinking about October 21st. Let me say this. I need you to help me with something. I'm going to little propaganda here. If you have an Instagram account, Instagram account. How many of you have an Instagram account? I need you to follow Unite the Light now. And I need you to start sharing these videos. Also, if you have a Facebook account, do the same thing. Start sharing. Because listen, we want to pack this place, this lot behind us, we want to see thousands of people coming here in unity. I don't know if you understand the vision that God gave our pastor, Pastor Larry. This is so important. It's, it's an attack going against the church right now. We are majority. The minority are bringing agendas against our kids, against our families. And we are majority, but we're splitted. And it is time for us, church, to come together. So I need you to start sharing some of these videos. Amen. But I, I remember when I was a kid, or even in Bible college, I used to hear about these great men and women of God, such as Smith Wigglesworth. How many of you heard of Smith Wigglesworth? Oh, man, this was a powerful man. <laughs> I remember him actually kicking a little boy. The mom brought the boy on the altar. The boy was full of, um, he was sick, full of uh, things in his body. And the mom asked him to pray. Instead of him laying hands on, on the boy, he actually told the mom to lay the boy down and on the stage, and he kicked the little boy. But he was so full of faith that after kicking that little boy, the boy was completely healed. I'm not telling you to go out there and kick boys or girls or babies, okay? But you have to be full of faith for you to do that. But Smith Wigglesworth, he was that kind of man. He was full of faith that he actually punched a man on his stomach that had ulcers on his stomach. And God completely healed. I remember listening about Catherine Kuhlman. How many of you heard of Catherine Kuhlman? She would go around in these powerful uh, tent revivals and, and stadiums, and she, would, she, she had such a sweet voice. But God would give her a revelation of the word and, and, and downloads from heaven, and she would be out there and say, I see that man right there in the right hand wing. God is healing you right now. And the guy would completely fall in tears. Why? Because she was full of the Holy Spirit. I would, I would hear stories about William Branham, tent revivals. And I said to myself, one day, I want to see miracles. One day, I want to be like some of these people. You know, I want to see how many of you believe that God can use your life to see miracles right in front of your eyes. John 14, 12 says this. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. Listen, God said you will do miracles greater than his. And I believe this is the season for great miracles. I believe God is raising us to walk out there and pray. You are at Walmart, you pray for people. You are at work, you pray for people. You are at our college, you pray for people. It doesn't matter where God places you. It is a season for us to stand. Are you ready to see people completely changed? You know, listen, open your Bibles with me, please, in 2 Samuel chapter 23. We're going to talk about some, some of these great warriors of King David, 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 11 and 12. 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 11 and 12. If you don't have your Bibles, we will have it out here. Next to him was Shammah, son of Aji the Herorite. When the Philistines banded together at a place where he was 
where there, there was a few field full of lentils, beans, Israel's troops fled from them. But Shammah took his stand in the middle of the field. He defended, listen to this, he defended and struck the Philistines down. And the Lord brought about a great victory. Say with me, Shammah. Say again, Shammah. I want to hear you saying, Shammah. Listen, the Bible is telling us that Shammah stood in the center of a field full of lentils, beans, and he defended. The Philistines actually came together to fight against the Israelites, and guess what? What did they did? They all ran away. I believe by the end of today, honestly, guys, I believe by the end of today, my life will not, my name will not longer be Wanderson Frank, but it will be Wanderson Shammah. Because <laughs> I want to be a great warrior for God. I believe it will be Pastor Lydia Shama. I believe it will be Pastor John Shama. Listen, my question is this What is so important about this man Shama that his name was added in the Bible? He's only listed once in the Bible. Well, what is so important? We see here again the Philistine banded together. They finally became unified, they finally became one. When we come as one, listen, I, I'm telling you, October 21st, it's so powerful because we're coming as one. When we come at one, there's a great far, force that comes together. They organize themselves to fight against Israel. Have you ever felt like all demons, they got together to fight against you? Have you ever been like that? You know, this summer has been crazy for me. And I, I, I'm, I'm human just like everybody else. You know, I've been finding a lot of things this summer. Crazy. And it feels like sometimes all demons are, 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 they are they're having their meeting and say, today, let's all attack Pastor Wanderson. <laughs> it's one thing after the other. I'm like, I rebuke you because <laughs> I know who I serve. But this is exactly what's happening here. They all unify themselves to go against the Israelites to form an attack. And then we see what? The Israelites, I believe it was just like this. They're, they have their troops, the Israelites. And they see the Philistines coming. They start counting. One, two, five, 20, 30, 50, 40, 100, 100 here, 200, 300. What do we do? Let's run. They all ran. They were scared. They ran away. <laughs> but now Shama, guess what? Everyone has abandoned him. Where is his family? Where are his best friends? But Shammah stood in the middle of the field. And he said, come on, bring it on. I'm not running away. The Bible says that he fought a whole army. It had to be a whole army. You know why? Because the Bible talks about the Israelites' troops fleeing, going, going away, running away. The only reason that they would run away is because the Philistines probably had more people than them. That was probably the only reason. I honestly don't know how many guys were actually a part of the, the army of the Philistines. I, I kind of imagine myself having to fight all of you. I could probably take all of you here. <laughs> or maybe just the women. <laughs> or maybe I will run away. You know, but I, I kind of see, this, I kind of picture this situation. You know, he's in front of everybody like, what do I do now? Do I run away with the, with, with the Israelites or do I stay here? But he took a stand in that land. That was literally a statement of bring it on. You know, these guys were probably looking at him and saying, what are you doing? You're not defending your family. You're not defending your, your friends. You know, people are waiting now. Let me say this. I don't believe it was, have y'all seen those videos of uh, old Chinese movies where Bruce Lee is in the middle? 
he's fighting one, and then he looks there. We, look, 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 look at this. Watch this. Do you think this was Shama right there fighting one at a time? No. Bring it on. <laughs> no, I believe it was all at once coming against Shama. All at once. Oh. One, two, three. <laughs> We're talking about a whole army coming against the Israelites. They all fled the scene. And now one guy take a stand in the middle of the field. He was probably full of fear. Imagine what was going through his mind. Have I lost my mind? Am I crazy? What am I doing here? Listen, I'm, tell you, I'm telling you. I was reading this and I said, how can this actually happen? One guy fight a whole army. And be able to defend his land. There's only one answer to this. Miracle. Miracle. Only God can do things like that. I believe tonight, this morning, is a morning of miracles. You know, so I started asking God, what is the secret of this passage, God? I want to see miracles in my life. So what's so important about this passage here? I read that part that says this. Shema stood in the middle of that field and he defended. He stood in the middle of that field. Bring it on. I'm not afraid. I know who I serve. Listen, we are in see in a season right now that we have to take a stand. <laughs> we can't run away. They're trying to push an agenda in our kids so demonic that they're financing kids to change sex if they want to. That's demonic. I just watched that, the movie Songs of, uh, Sounds of Freedom. I'm telling you, we must take a stand. People are running away. Christians are running away when it's time for us to say, listen, it is our territory and we're not giving away. We're not giving away. He defended what does it mean to defend it? It means to protect. You only protect what's yours or something that is important for you, that has value. You don't defend something or someone that you don't know. Okay? You don't defend something that you don't care about it. If it was my mother, I'll jump on it. If it was my mother-in-law, maybe, oh, no, I'm just kidding. Probably. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Pablo. I love my, my mother-in-law. But you only defend what you love. <laughs> Amen. It has value. You don't defend something or someone that you don't know. There must be a direct relationship or connection there. There must be something special. And I start reading this passage again and I said, why would he defend a field of beans? Maybe these beans are very special. Maybe they're like gold. You know, uh, these beans must be amazing. You know, if Shema is risking his life for these beans, there's got to be something important about these beans. So why would somebody risk his life for a field of beans? I started researching about these beans too. Listen, these beans were worthless. Okay. <laughs> to be honest, they didn't even plant it, these beans. It would grow by itself like weed on grass. The Israelites didn't even eat them, but they didn't destroy it either. They would leave there. It was, it was food for the poor. 
It was, it was like going to McDonald's in the dumpster and, and picking up food. You know, homeless, that they, they sometimes jump in the dumpsters to grab leftovers. They will leave those beans there for, for leftover, for, for, for the homeless. There was nothing special about these beans. Why would somebody risk his life? It was a small field. It wasn't valuable at all. There were many other fields in Israel. Why would somebody take a chance and, and fight against a whole troop by himself? You know, there are many other fields in Israel. Why would he stand in that field? Friends are running away saying, it's not worth you risking your life. Come on, it's not your family. It's not your friends. It's not your, your Israeli troops. It's, it's a field that has no value. Why would you risk yourself? Again, why, again, why would you do that? The Bible says he took, he took a stand in the middle of that field. And he said, come on. If I die, let me die in the middle of this field. But Why? I want you to write down this that I'm, about, that I'm about to say. There are two reasons why he did that. First, it was his field. It was his field of beans. It belonged to him. It was his pace. He took responsibility for what was his. Not sure if you, I'm not sure if he bought it or it was inheritance, whatever it was, it was his. It was his land, and he said, I'm going to take ownership for what is mine. Okay, let me say this. We don't defend again what's not ours. We only defend what is ours. Okay? It was his field, and second, he had enough. It's time for us to say enough. It's enough. He had enough. Nobody was going to steal from him anymore. He was tired of running away. He was tired of the Philistines. He was tired of the enemy stealing from them. You know, he said enough is enough. It doesn't matter how big is the Philistine army. I'm going to stand here and I'm going to fight against him because this is my land. It belongs to me and enough is enough. Listen, we are in a season right now that we got to stop running away. It is our territory that God is entrusting us. Enough is enough. Stop running away. Okay, Pastor Wonders, this all is amazing. But what does that have to do with me? <laughs> Listen, God has given each one of us a field of beans. God has entrusted each one of us with something. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your neighborhood. Maybe it's your city. Pastor Troy teaches a class for people to run for office. Maybe that's what God is giving you. Are you going to run away? Maybe God is saying open a new business. Start a new business because I want to prosper you. So you can actually give towards mission. And you're running away. You are afraid. Listen, Shama was full of fear. But he said, it's mine. I'm going to stand here. I'm going to defend what's mine. This is the season that God is saying, it's yours. Belongs to you. Do not run away. Maybe it's your nation. We are taking a stand on October 21st. We are taking a stand because we love the nation of the United States. This was a land that was started with the word of God. The Bible was the first book in schools. They're taking away. They're stripping away everything that's good. But listen, we are taking a stand and saying we are coming together under one God, one nation that believes that this is a blessed nation. And we're not going to let them steal this away from us. 
Someone must get to the place of saying, devil, no more. You know, you're stealing from my property. You're stealing from my people. You know, God is looking for people in this room today, I honestly believe, who is going to stand and say, listen, I'm here in the middle of this field, and I will fight. It doesn't matter what it will take. I will fight for it. Who is here today to say, I had enough? I had enough. Listen, this is my property. I believe that years ago, pastor came to Dallas, Pastor Larry and Pastor Tis, and they looked at this area right here, and he said, you know what? Somebody must fight for this area. Today, we look back after years, we see the legacy over here, and they're not done. There's so much more to come ahead of us. Listen. It's time for us to rise up and, and walk with our pastors and hold his arms and continue to fight the fight. Because pastor ain't giving up. Pastor will not stop soon. Pastor keeps saying, then I want to march and I want to take the land back. And I want to see victory over people's life one person at a time. But he depends on us to, to be a part of this army. I can't do it by myself. We all have our fields that we must. People are looking at your field saying it's worthless. <laughs> Why would you fight for your field? Why would you risk your life? But it's yours. <laughs> it's your kids. The enemy is coming against your kids. And they're trying to say things that does not represent what the Bible says. It's your kids. It's your daughter. It's your son. Drugs will not take them away. Listen, prostitution will not take them away. They belong to you. God has entrusted you with them. Fight for your kids. Fight for your family. What's going to happen when you stand before the king of kings? Oh, Lord, I was a great Christian. I went to church on Sundays. By the way, Wednesday nights we have service here. <laughs> and if you are in the Metroplex, I understand it's hard sometimes driving over here because of traffic. But make a way and fight for what's important. <laughs> Wednesday nights, we had an amazing night of worship. We have Pastor Troy teaching on Wednesday night. The other pastors are here. Listen, be a part of what God is doing. People are still, oh, oh, it's the pandemic. Stop using excuses. Listen, when you are a Christian, when you serve God, when you remember what he has done for you, he gave his son on the cross for you. He died, and the third day he resurrected, and he's given you life. You will do whatever it takes you to do for you to fight. Oh, but I'll watch it from my TV. I'll watch it from the couch. Bring me some popcorn. <laughs> Don't you see? That's the strategy of the enemy. He's trying to distract us because he's coming little by little. <sighs> he's doing little by little. And we're like, oh, that's not going to take us anywhere. Yes, it's destroying. It's destroying people's lives because we're not defending what God has given in our hands. I remember 2015, I was working at Christ for the Nations, making zero to no money. Great place, missionary place. Great man and woman of God came out of that institute. I love them so much. I actually still teach a class there. But I remember, I felt God was telling me, listen, you must go to Japan. So I talked to some of the leaders. One of the leaders actually told me, I don't know if you want to go to Japan because it's, it's actually very discouraging going there. You know, it's a country that is less than 1% of Christians. I say, exactly. That's why we need to go. <laughs> yeah. 
And then she tells me, all right, I'll sign off on it. But hopefully, God is in it. But I felt in my heart, it was something that I needed to defend it. It's mine. I will defend it. So we presented to the student body. We had like 25 people that signed off to be a part of it. My wife looks at me with zero money in the bank. It was me, Pabli, Talita, and Gabe at the time. She tells me, I've, I'm feeling like God, God wants us to go as a family. I looked at her and said, you sure about that? <laughs> I got zero money in the bank. <laughs> she said, hey, I want to defend what God is telling me to do. <laughs> I, are you sure about that, Pabli? Yes, I want to go with the kids. You know how much it's going to cost us? $10,000. See, I don't have that kind of money to take the kids. My, it's paid for because I'm leading the students. You know, she said, listen, the same way you felt you were supposed to go to Japan, I felt the same way that I'm supposed to be there with our family because Japan, is a, it, it's a parentless generation. They're growing. They don't have time with their parents. You know, kids are killing themselves. It's so crazy what happens in Japan. They commit suicide. They throw themselves in front of the train, you know, and then guess what happens? They lock down that train station. And they, they figured out how much money they lost during that season that was closed because of the cleanup. And they sued the parents. Not only the parents are now losing their kids, but now they are also having to pay all the consequences that comes with that. And Pablo said, I need to go with you with our kids so we can share the love of Christ in Japan. So I said, God, give me a strategy. If that's what you want me to do, if that's what you want me to uh, uh, fight for, it, if that's the, the land, the field of beings that you're giving me right now, I'm going to fight for it. So I had a strategy to go to fa on Facebook. I created this bingo board. $10,000, I split it into different amounts. And I would go there with my family, kind of embarrassing a little bit. I was like, God was also working on my pride, you know, because <laughs> I've never asked for money before. But I said, you know what? If that's what you want me to do, God, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to fight for what you want us to do. Amen. I went there with that board with my family, beautiful kids, smiling. I say, pray for me. <laughs> I need a miracle. I need $10,000. Within two months and 10 days, we made over $10,000 and I was able to take my whole family. Yeah. We got to Japan. We had the student body doing worship. The way we do evangelism in Japan, we do it through arts, music, dance. So we were in the middle of a square in Japan, and we were worshiping every night. This kind of, I took it away from, I took this from my Facebook. It's kind of blurry, but you can have an idea. We would do this every night in Japan. One day, there was this guy that walked to us. I don't know if you have the next picture. This guy walked to us, and he just watched us worshiping all night for, for, for two or three hours. Then um, I had an interpreter that was interpreting me, and then I said, is anyone here that needs prayer? This guy came over and said, yes, I'm from Mongolia, and I need prayer for my son. He's actually about to have surgery. My son cannot walk, and he's about to have surgery in two days, and I'm listening to you guys, and I feel like, you know, I need you guys to pray for him. There's faith in this place. So Gabe, my son, who was only six at the time or seven, somebody from our group looked at him and said, Gabe, go pray for his son. Gabe, a child of God, 
very young kid came next to him and laid, hand, laid his hands over his knees and started praying. Very simple prayer. Lord, heal his son. And then the guy walked away. Four days later, we were worshiping again, same spot. The guy comes back. You can see his smile. <laughs> the guy come back and say, guess what? My son was about to do surgery, and the doctor said, there's no more need for surgery. <laughs> he looks at us with a smile on his face. And then I tell him, where are you from? He tells me, I'm from Mongolia. I'm here at a, a convention here, staying at the same hotel that you guys are staying. And I say, who are you? What do you do in Mongolia? He tells us, I work for the government. Mongolia is a communist country. Okay? And he is the guy that works for the government. And he is the guy that actually does the approval for churches to exist. When we hear these countries that they, they say there are communist countries, there are churches there. But these churches are completely being, uh, um, they, are, they are being told what to say in their church. That's, that's why we hear about the underground churches. Okay, there are regular churches there. But this guy on that day, he was touched by God. And I believe that now he's actually letting people do what they're supposed to do to worship God. You know why? Because one day my wife felt that we were supposed to go as a family. God will use one person, one person, one person to touch nations. God will use your life to touch nations. God will use your life to bring healing, to bring restoration. Imagine if I would just walk away saying, no, forget about it. I can't do it. But I decide I'm going to fight for what God is entrusting me with. Even here at the church. I remember coming in. There was four groups at the time. Katie came to me and said, I feel like Pastor Guy was going, moving on. And, and Katie tells me, I feel like you're the guy to do this. You know? I'm like, Katie, come on. I rebuked that. <laughs> and then she goes and talks to her dad. And then Pastor felt the same way. I said, Pastor, I don't think I'm ready for this. But listen, God is not looking for those that are ready. <laughs> God is looking for availability. <laughs> Is there anyone here available? <laughs> oh, I have to go to school first. It's about same thing when you're about to have kids. Oh, I'm going to buy a house first. I'm going to do this. It, it never happens. <laughs> if you wait to have kids, it will never happen <laughs> uh, until you are completely stable. You know, pastor tells me, you are the guy I took over. Within a year and a half, we went from four to 58 groups. I mean, it took a stand Shama, he stood in the middle of that field and he said, bring it on. It's my field. Enough is enough. This is the time that God is telling you. Enough is enough. We must take ownership of what God is entrusting us with. October 21st, going out to the streets, evangelizing. Listen, I don't know if you know this. Maybe it's your first time here at the church. We have many outreaches that are happening here. We feed the homeless on a monthly basis. We go to the nursing home back here on a monthly basis. We go to the streets. Brother Cowboy Dave right there. He has a group that goes out from house to house evangelizing. Listen, we are not to stay within the four walls. We are to be outside of the four walls. God is telling us right now, this is the moment. This is the season for you to get out, take a stand, and do what I'm telling you to do. James Hudson Taylor, how many of you heard of him before? He was a British missionary to China. Taylor spent 51 years in China. 
he started, he actually started 125 schools, which directly resulted in, resulted in 18,000 Christian conversions. <laughs> this is in China. He took a stand. 18,000 Christians converted in China. He took a stand when everybody told him, don't go. You will die. But when God tells you to do something, listen, you don't listen to what they're saying. You listen to what he's telling you. Listen, a lot of times we're listening to the things that are surrounding us. But God is saying, I am the great I am. I am the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. I am the lilies of the valley. I am the one that will take you forth and will do whatever it takes for you to be able to establish my kingdom on earth. We all want miracles, but we want miracles our way. We want miracles our way. When you say yes to Jesus, I'm going to give you bad news. It's not going to be easy. <laughs> oh, I'm going to say yes to Jesus and everything from now on, it's completely changed. <laughs> Listen, the enemy goes after those that there's an assignment for their life on earth through Jesus. So he would try to distract us. My father had a car accident this week. Last week, I, 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 I busted one of my tires when I was doing ministry. I'm like, man, I'm like, what is going on? But guess what? I try to refocus. <laughs> I know that I'm in the right place. I know that I'm fighting what is supposed to be fought on a daily basis. I know that I'm supposed to defend the field. And it doesn't matter what you bring. Come, a whole troop against me. I will fight. I will take a stand. I will do whatever it takes for God to come through with his work. Shama takes a stand in the middle of that field. He draws his sword and fight for somebody that God has placed in his life. You know, nowhere in the scripture it says that Shammah was wounded, hurt, beaten. But it does say that he defeated the Philistines. <laughs> he defeated the Philistines. And it says the Lord brought a great victory. <laughs> when you take a stand, you can't do it on your own. Remember, how was he able to do this? Only God. You cannot do it on your own. But when God is telling you to do it, it's yours. It, when God is telling you to do it, take a stand. He will do the rest. I love to say this. Whatever you are able to do, your abilities, whatever you're able to do in your natural, do it in your natural. Don't wait, sit back. I, I used to hear this guy saying, oh, I just sit back and relax and watch God do his thing. No. <laughs> That's not how you do it. <laughs> we are in partnership with God. <laughs> I do my part, you would do his. When I come to the place where there's nothing else I can do, now only the supernatural can manifest in my life, God will act in the supernatural and he will do whatever he takes. But you do your part. You take a stand. There's no victories in heaven that are not fought in hell. 
There are no victories in heaven that are not fought in hell. It takes a fight here on earth for us to see victory. That's why our pastor, 72, 73 years old, he say, I'm not quitting. I'm not stopping. I'm not retiring because I know that I have to fight to the last day for people to be transformed. I know that I have to fight every day. Pastor Tis is not over for Pastor Tis because she understands the calling of God in her life. She understands that she was called by God and we will fight to Together. God is looking for an army that will rise up, that will take a stand in the middle of the field and say, here I am, Pastor Larry, I am with you. Pastor Tis, I am with you. Unite the light, I am with you. We'll bring churches united as one. Maybe you know somebody that goes to a different church. Talk to them. Say, listen, we're having this gathering. I need you to be a part of it. It is time for us Christians to be one voice under God. I think a lot about the stories that I want to leave for my grandkids. I don't want them to think of me of like whatever. <laughs> this is how it is this generation. They're erasing right now stories. They want to take away what happened in the past so they don't know. <laughs> Those that came before them that fought a good fight for them to be where they are. They're trying to delete history. But listen, I want my, kid, my kids and my grandkids to remember of my legacy and see, wow, my dad did what he was supposed to do. Every time I'm able to take my kids to the mission field, I take my kids to the mission field. Every time I'm able to do some cleanup with their toys, I have them actually go to our orphanage. They give away their toys because I want them to have that heart of ministry to serve, you know, the people that are in need. It is time for us to fight. It is time for us to take a stand. We can't just be sitting in the couch doing nothing. It's your field. Listen, I cannot fight for your field. Only you know your field. You have to take a stand. Pastor Larry cannot fight for your field. Only you can fight for what God has entrusted you. And I believe this morning that God is raising people here. It's a new season in our lives. I'm going to ask you to take a stand right now. A stand actually. It's a new season that we're fighting. There's so many demonic attacks against our families. You know, I love actually the fact that a lot of times people say, hey, stay away, stay away from politics. I never thought of politics until they start coming after my kids. If it was just, you know, if it was just economy, this and that, I didn't care. Because God is the one that takes care of me and my family. But now they're coming after our kids. <laughs> and now it's a social matter. <laughs> they're telling people to abort their kids. <laughs> when they should have the right to live and, and, and choose for themselves. But they kill them before they have a choice. So now it's a matter of, amen, Pastor Larry, for preaching what you're preaching. Amen, Pastor Troy. Amen for those that are speaking out. Because we want America to go back to its roots. I feel like we're moving into a season right now of growth. I feel that we're moving to a season where we're going to see every chair of this sanctuary filled with people. But the only way for this to happen is by you taking a stand and saying, I will fight. Is the field that belongs to me 
I will defend it. What does it take to do this? Share the gospel. Share the miracles of God. Share what God is doing with you in your life. The enemy is trying to steal your kids. You're your kids. God has given it them to you. You fight for them. They're trying to distract you at work. If God placed you there, just fight for it. Oh, maybe I'm thinking about quitting school. <laughs> Don't quit. If God placed you there, fight for it. Oh, the doctors told me I'm not going to make it. <laughs> if you have air in your lungs, just fight for it. You will make it. <laughs> Whatever it is. Oh, the judge is saying, oh, it's a lost case in the courts. If God is with you, just fight for it. It's yours. Defend it. I want you all to close your eyes right now. Bow your heads. I don't know how you're going to do it. But I know the God is... The God that we serve is with you and is going to happen. And I want to saturate my field with the blood of the enemy. Because <laughs> I know who fights on my behalf. Maybe you walked in here today, you're saying, man, I can't do it on my own. I'm so tired, Pastor. Gone through so many things. It's just one attack after the other. I want to quit, Pastor. <laughs> you want to see miracles? Don't quit. You want to see miracles? Take a stand in the center of that field that God has entrusted you. And He will fight for you. If you need a miracle today and you're saying, I had enough. But it's my field and I'm going to defend. I want you to raise your hand right now wherever you are. No one looking around. Raise your hand. If you feel this is the time that you're supposed to really take a stand, raise your hand. Keep your hands up. I want to invite you to all come forward right now. We're going to come together and cry out and ask the Lord to do a great move of God in this church. We are to step out of the four walls. Come forward. Don't be embarrassed. You know, come forward. We're going to pray together. We're going to cry out this morning. We're going to say, Lord, enough is enough. I had enough. It's my season. This is the due season where I'm supposed to fight this battle. And I know who will bring the victory. God will bring the victory. Come forward. Come forward. Squeeze in as much as we can, guys. We are in a battle on a daily basis. We fight the battle and God brings the victory. The minute you seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6, it says seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be given to you. The minute you say, I will seek first the kingdom of God, I will fight first, God will honor you. God will honor each one of you. How many of you believe that? Come on. I want you just for a second right now, let's just worship to a song. With your own words, the first thing I'm going to ask you to do is praise Him. You know, there's power when we praise Him. Remember Paul and Silas? They were both incarcerated. They were not complaining. They were just praising God. How do you praise God? Oh, Lord, I love you. I worship you. 
You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. Come on. Come on, worship. Take us before the throne. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Praising him. That's how you fight. Come on. This is how. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight. We serve the great I am. We serve the eternal king, the healer, deliverer, and comforter. We serve a mighty warrior. We serve a strong tower. We serve a consuming fire, the ever-present help, the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end, the everlasting, the infaultable, the uncontainable, all-knowing, all-powerful, restorer of my soul. That's who we serve. So we fight. We fight. We fight. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Not sitting in the couch, not sitting in the chairs, but walking out the four walls and saying, This is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded. This is how I
serve is greater than anything else and fight a good fight. 